I'm Lonnie Edwards, the founder of The Dog Agency and Pet Insider, and you're listening to the Pet Insider Podcast. This is a show about the latest and greatest across the pet world. Whether you're a pet parent or just a little pet crazy, Pet Insider has you covered. We get it. We're obsessed too. I mean, imagine if you adopted a dog from a shelter and this dog became a part of your life and part of your family and the court tells you that their value is whatever it costs to go get another dog from the shelter, $25 adoption fee or something. That doesn't begin to address the loss that someone feels. That was a clip from the Saturday keynote at PetCon NYC 2018 that took place on November 17th at the Javits Center. The keynote, titled The State of Pets' Property Under the Law and the Associated Consequences, features Stephen Wells, the Executive Director of the ALDF, the Animal Legal Defense Fund. For those who don't know, PetCon is a pet lover's dream filled with celebrity pet meet and greets, insightful panels, branded activations, and so much more. Visit PetCon.co, that's P-E-T-C-O-N.co, to learn more and sign up for our newsletter to find out when the next PetCon will take place. Now let's get back to Steven. Thank you, and uh, thank you, Lonnie, for the introduction and for allowing me to speak here today. Um, really excited to be here. Um, I'm especially excited that there are so many dogs in the audience. That's unusual for me. And uh, dogs are pretty easy to please, so it's not at all intimidating when there's dogs in the audience. If there were cats, Cats are a bit tougher crowd. Um, and I'm also very happy to be here in New York. I love coming to New York, and we have a lot of supporters out here, and a lot of really good things happening for animals. And uh, walking down the streets of New York, you'll see people with their dogs, and you realize just how much love there is for people's pets here. And it's often really hard for me to uh, get down the street in any kind of timely fashion because I have to stop and say hi to all the dogs, kind of like walking around here today. Um, so the Animal Legal Defense Fund's mission is to protect the lives and advance the interests of animals through the legal system. And that's really what makes the Animal Legal Defense Fund unique among animal protection organizations is our exclusive focus on the law. Um, and so why do animals need lawyers? Uh, and, and why do we focus on the law? Um, you know, a common question I get when people find out about a particular practice, uh, some kind of institutionalized form of animal exploitation, or just how poorly cruelty laws are enforced, you know, people ask, how is that legal? Um, which, is, which is an essential question. Uh, every year, more than two million animals are uh, raised, two million dogs are raised in uh, puppy mills and sold into pet stores, often with the mother dogs living their entire lives in tiny wire cages, uh, being forced to br bread constantly uh, until their bodies give out. Um, we have a captive wildlife trade that, that is very shocking when people learn about in this country, uh, where animals often taken from the wild uh, with their mothers killed um, or bred in captivity are kept in really horrific conditions and it's allowed to go on. Um, and of course, factory farming, you know, how is it that the 10 billion animals that are raised uh, for food and, and other products in this country uh, can live in such extremely cruel conditions and in incredible confinement and that be legal. Um, so we focus on the law because we feel it's the most powerful tool we have to protect animals. And when we create legal change, we, we're creating lasting change. Um, and the fundamental problem for animals uh, under the law, as the video indicated, um, is that our laws still consider them property. 
essentially things like the chair you're sitting on. And that's a big problem because uh, laws recognize uh, rights or interests. And when you determine that something is a piece of property as opposed to living being, which of course we know animals are, uh, they essentially have no rights or interests of their own that you can talk about in court. Um, so that's, uh, that's really at the root of the problem. And one thing that, uh, you know, that, it's shocking when I people, tell people that, because of course we're a nation of animal lovers. Uh, some statistics I got uh, that are really interesting is we have 95% uh, of people who own a pet consider them part of the family. Um, they're not furniture. Uh, Two-thirds of people uh, would rather be stranded on a desert island with their pet than with their partner. So um, couples can, can exchange uh, uncomfortable glances now, uh, but it's true. Uh, and we have more than half of people uh, regularly miss social events with people so they can stay at home and hang out with their dog, and definitely have done that. Um, and an interesting one I thought was 80% of dog owners said it would be an absolute deal breaker if their romantic partner did not get along with their animal. And, and I was only shocked by that one because I, I would have thought it would be more like 100%. So clearly, these aren't the sentiments of a nation that thinks of animals as property, that thinks of them as, as tables and chairs. Um, so there's a big gap between the way we want our laws to be protecting animals and oftentimes the way we think our laws are protecting animals and what actually happens. Um, and that's really wh what we're trying to work on. We work on all kinds of cases. Uh, we're not limited by the type of animal. We do companion animal work. We do farmed animal work, wildlife. Um, we're really looking to create fundamental change in the law and ultimately address that fundamental problem of animals as things. When you consider animals as things, as I mentioned, it can certainly support all kinds of horrific cruelty to animals, um, but it also has impacts on people. And Lonnie, uh, Lonnie Edwards, who introduced me, um, is a good friend, and she experienced this firsthand in a really s tragic way. Um, she had wonderful dog. Some of you, uh, most of you, in fact, probably know Chloe. And Chloe uh, was Lonnie's constant companion. Uh, like most of us in this room and like most Americans, Chloe was a part of Lonnie's family, uh, a best friend. She went everywhere uh, with her. And, uh, and in fact, Lonnie told me that uh, as, as Chloe's fame grew and she had more than 200,000 Instagram followers, um, she would actually get business meetings with people uh, for, the, for the things she's involved in simply because people wanted to be in the same room with Chloe. Uh, so they were actually like business partners as well, uh, which is pretty amazing. Um, and sadly, uh, Chloe was killed uh, via veterinary accident, resulting in, in Chloe's uh, very untimely and tragic death. Um, and so, you know, in the wake of that, not only was, was Lonnie dealing with the incredible grief that I think everybody in this room uh, knows very well, um, but she also came face to face with the fact that the laws consider animals as property. Because, you know, courts can't bring an animal back, obviously. Um, so what courts do, uh, if you sue somebody who has harmed your animal or, or, or you know, any other uh, wrong, is provide compensation. 
Um, and so this, uh, this shows you the difference between when you have property and, and non-property. So what she discovered was that the law simply says, because animals are property, their value is simply, what are they worth money-wise? So you can recoup maybe what you spent uh, to get the animal. Um, you can recoup uh, perhaps some veterinary expenses, but there's no compensation, unlike for family members and so forth, for the non-economic damages. And non-economic damages is things like emotional distress uh, or value, some kind of value uh, for the intrinsic value of the animal, that sort of thing. Um, which again is simply uh, the f a factor of animals being considered property. Some states are starting to recognize this, uh, this difference and realize that uh, we do not value animals as things, as furniture. Um, and so they've passed laws that will allow for non-economic damages, will allow for some intrinsic uh, value, but it's a hodgepodge and most states still do not. It's simply a matter of, of what is the animal worth or what will it cost you. I mean, imagine if you adopted a dog from a shelter and this dog became a part of your life and part of your family and the court tells you that their value is whatever it costs to go get another dog from the shelter, $25 adoption fee or something. That doesn't begin to address the loss that someone feels. This was another thing that came across, that came across to us recently. It's uh, something called pet leasing. Um, and essentially, this is a new technique, a new uh, profit-making technique, where companies are offering money up front to help you get the dog you want from a pet store or whatever. And um, so the animals uh, become a part of your life, join your family. What people who have signed up for this don't realize is that these companies tend to retain an ownership right in the animal and essentially if you miss a payment they will repossess your dog uh, so imagine you've developed this relationship uh, they are now a member of your family perhaps your children have fallen in love and you miss a payment the dog can be ripped from your family so that obviously doesn't equate with you know we're not this is not like purchasing a toaster or that sort of thing um, and then finally, um, I want to tell a story that's close to home and uh, ask you to participate in trying to improve the animal protection laws uh, very close to home. Um, <clears throat> I want to tell Bella's story. Um, some of you may have heard this story when it was in the news. Uh, Bella was a dog, 11-year-old uh, shepherd mix. Uh, here we go, here's photos of her. Um, who was betrayed by the person she trusted most. Her, her owner uh, zip-tied her mouth closed, threw her in a, in a plastic trash bag, and beat her with a shovel. Um, I'm sorry to provide those details, but it's, but it's relevant because, and he did this in front of a lot of witnesses. He did it out, this was on Long Island, uh, or Long Island, and um, he did it in front of neighbors and with kids and so forth. So there were a lot of witnesses he was prosecuted for the crime, and the prosecutor really, really uh, was invested in this case and did her absolute best. Um, the maximum you could get for even such an aggravated case of cruelty in New York is two years. Um, and in fact, he got four months um, and proceeded to, he has no restrictions on him interacting with animals or living with animals ever again. That was not part of it. Um, and you can see, and this is an, an absolute failure of the law, uh, not only to secure justice for Bella, but also to protect animals, uh, future animals from harm. Um, so how did this happen? 
Well, it happened because New York's cruelty law um, is just not effective. Um, and so uh, one of the things we do at the Animal Legal Defense Fund is every year we rank all 50 states by the relative strength of their animal protection laws. And uh, who'd like to take a guess at where New York ranks out of 50? Anybody? Just yell out if you have an idea. Some, some good guesses. Um, well, given what I said about, you know, New Yorkers love animals, clearly, New York ranks 38th, um, which is actually one below Alabama. Um, so New York's cruelty law is horribly ineffective. It has all kinds of problems and needs to be changed, but it has not been changed in decades. So uh, the Animal Legal Defense Fund has drafted a bill and I was happy just this week to meet with Assemblymember Linda Rosenthal, who some of you may know, um, who's agreed to introduce the bill. It will be in the New York legislature, which will upgrade uh, New York's cruelty law um, and, and provide a lot of new provisions and hopefully get the ball moving for future provisions as well that will continue to improve it. Um, so I wanna ask all of you who, uh, if you're New Yorkers in particular, um, to visit our table, if you haven't already, we have a table sort of in the middle of the hall towards the front. Um, and we're asking people to sign up to get alerts so that when we get the bill introduced, when the legislature starts, and when there are key moments when we need support from legislatures, we will ask you to contact your legislators, uh, senators and assembly members uh, to support the bill. Um, and then we also have, uh, we have a fun uh, campaign that we're doing to raise awareness around the issue of animals as property. Um, we have social media friendly little boards, so if you, uh, if you have an animal with you or have an animal you can take a picture with, you can sort of write in, animals are not property, they are, you know, whatever. Um, and here's some, some examples. Post it on social media, tag it, uh, not property, and uh, we're, we're sort of echoing that out there. We're trying to raise awareness because people really don't understand uh, this fundamental flaw in the law. And then uh, we also have uh, we also have at our table, we're, we have a campaign that Lonnie has graciously agreed to help us uh, get out there and PetCon is supporting, um, where we're asking people to sign a petition that we will deliver directly to lawmakers about uh, changing the status of animals from property to living beings. So I hope you'll do that as well. We have cards that have the website, you can go and, and sign that. Um, and with that, uh, I will say thank you very much for coming and listening and uh, learning about this. Um, I will be going to our table and I'm happy to meet any of you and answer any questions you might have. Um, and also uh, we have the, the signups and so forth there available as well. So thank you very much for coming. That was the State of Pets as Property Under the Law and the Associated Consequences keynote from PetCon NYC 2018. To learn more about PetCon and to sign up for our newsletter to find out when the next PetCon will take place, visit PetCon.co. That's P-E-T-C-O-N.co. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please leave us a five-star review and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you have any pet-related topics you want us to cover, email us at podcast at petinsider.com. I'm Lonnie Edwards, and thank you for listening to the Pet Insider Podcast. Talk soon.